Good afternoon to everyone. Oh, is this still afternoon? Yeah. I would say I'm very fortunate that I can serve the Lord in a country like this, where I have a total freedom to say what I want to say and to praise the Lord the way I want to praise Him. And I even have a freedom to witness to somebody. That's a privilege that a lot of believers, followers of Jesus, do not have. I have a colleague particular in mind today as you were talking, as you were sharing about that testimony in mind. A fellow missionary, and I know Filipino missionary, who is constantly asking our prayer. Because he is, I do not, I don't want to mention the country where he is right now. They're constantly being threatened. Every time they have to, they have to really, uh, watch themselves. Because all of a sudden, when they start their worship, somebody will call and the police are coming. So they really have to hide their songbooks and so forth. And put the cake in front, you know, to pretend that there is a party. Because that's the only way that the police will not come and arrest them. They call it illegal assembly. <laughs> illegal assembly. When, when, when there is preaching, when there is like uh, singing songs and praisings to the Lord, they call it illegal assembly. But if there's party, no problem. You can put a lot of wine there and so forth. And they will not bother. You can be noisy the whole night and they will not bother. Right? Imagine that way. They would rather tolerate all of the stuff, you know, that this, that really disturbed people. Because I was there one time. And they asked me to speak during their anniversary, anniversary of the church. And because I was hearing all of these stories, I said, are you sure we are safe here today? You know, there was a lot of hesitation in my heart, but, you know, I prayed to the Lord. And the funniest thing is that uh, two of our visitors, two of our visitors that day when I was speaking, were wives of the police. Oh. <laughs> I said, why did you invite these people? <laughs> he says, you know, if we perish, it's like Easter, if we perish, we perish. So I, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, coming to this, uh, coming to this place. I used to work in Africa for 20 years. I enjoyed so much freedom in Africa. There is no, uh, unless you're in a sub-Saharan countries, you know, that's where your freedom is restricted. Religious freedom is restricted. But I was in East Africa, particularly Kenya, which is probably 70% Christian. So no one will, you know, you can shout at the top of your lungs, you know, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ in the streets, and no one will bother you, okay? But uh, I noticed that in countries where religion, right, or practice of faith is so restricted, that's when I find a true Christian, true disciples of Jesus Christ. That's, that's, how, that's where you can define what true Christianity is. When you go to countries where there is so much freedom, you will never know who actually believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the lifestyle is just the same as unbelievers. There's a lot of nominalism. So whenever I hear stories like that, that's when I appreciate more, you know. Modern martyrs. Modern martyrs. One time, my colleagues, when they were in Kenya, they were being thrown to prison because 
for reasons of politically motivated, you know, they were preaching without asking the village chief for permit to, to preach. So they were thrown into prison. They were arrested by the police, you know. And they thought, wow, it's a hard situation and it, this is suffering for the gospel. And I said, I wish I was, I was with you. How would it feel to be there? To be, to be, to be put in prison for the sake of the gospel. I would have experienced also what the apostle Paul was experiencing and the other apostles who are standing for their faith. And they believe in Jesus Christ. Then they said, how fortunate you are because you came late. <laughs> we were the one who, uh, we were the ones who were uh, taken to jail and experienced that suffering. So, when, when I was invited in this close country to speak during their anniversary, I was really full of appreciation and thanksgiving to the Lord. Where I am right now, Okay, where I am right now, where we are right now, we can worship. Okay, it, it is, it is, we have so much of a privilege. And may we take this an advantage not to take our situation lightly. This is a blessing from God. And we have to make the most of it. We have to make the most of it. Today I would like to share on, uh, on a topic it is well, okay? This is still about suffering, okay? Because there are three sources of suffering. Number one, number one, suffering that is caused by, uh, by pressure or by, uh, by people who doesn't believe what you believe. Okay? It is, uh, it's called martyrdom, right? That kind of suffering is a pressure from unbelievers who want to stop you spreading what you believe. There are just people who naturally hate you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Right? That is a suffering that is precious from people who will restrict your freedom to express your faith. The second, another source of suffering is natural suffering. We are in this world Circumstances are beyond our control. We do not know. We, we, uh, we often violate the laws of nature. Nature is corrupt. It is being put in bondage. I'll talk about that later. We suffer. All of us suffer. Okay. One of the prayer items is the times of sickness, right? <laughs> Myanmar time of sickness. Why do we have that time? Because we are still living in this world, right? That's one another source of suffering. Suffering with nature because it is in bandage. It's being placed. It has to be delivered yet. Another kind of suffering is something that you don't want, you don't really like. You don't really like. Sometimes we suffer because of consequence of the wrong decision, the wrong thing that we do in our life. That is what Peter said. You know, he patents had some instructions about that. It says, if you suffer, let it not be because you have committed sin against God or you have violated God's spiritual principles. Because what it, what it, uh, whatever you sow, you will reap, right? He who, rips, uh, he who sows in, in the flesh will reap corruption. He who sows in the spirit will reap life eternal. So that is a cause of suffering also. 
But today I would like to share a passage, group of verses in Romans chapter 8 that is talking about the suffering, our physical suffering, the unwellness that we used to experience while living in this world. I particularly visited uh, Pastor Aaron immediately when we hear that he was rushed to the hospital, to uh, Victoria Hospital. We were there actually on Monday. And, you know, the reason why I could not always come because uh, this semester was particularly so busy with us. And maybe a lot of you are wondering, why are you not coming anymore? Are you angry with somebody in, with repute or something like that? Do you have some, you know, problem with relationship? We are just so busy. Okay. I, I am teaching, you know, five, uh, five subjects. So my only time to study my five subjects is during Sunday afternoon. And in the morning on Sunday, sometimes I do two messages. One is Sunday school and preaching. Even right now, this morning, I just, uh, I have Sunday school, then I preach. This is my third message now today. So I am very, I am very occupied. My schedule is, my, on, my only time to study is during uh, uh, Sunday afternoon. But thankfully, we have a semester break. And it happened when Pastor Aaron was uh, uh, rushed to the hospital. So I, I told him, uh, Aaron, if you need me or Pastor Dan, Tell me. Tell us what, what we can do for refuge. Because uh, we got to be helping one another. We got to be praying one another. And says, okay, I will make, I will, uh, I will see to it. I will, I, I will find out. Because he really wanted to get out. He really wanted to get out the next day. Even when Pastor Dan calls, uh, called him and says, we want to visit you. In the hospital, he says, well, well, hopefully when you come, you, we are still here. But he really wanted to get out of the hospital. And he did it. He went out of the hospital, but unfortunately, he had to go back, right? And you know, you know the rest of the story, right? Now, And uh, we still are to pray for him. Uh, this, this weekend, we are going to Thailand. And we plan to visit him, which actually I hope and pray that we don't have to do that anymore. Okay, and I, I, I wish I could see him in Thailand, but, you know, that's not the most important thing. I wish he would recover before that. That when we arrive in Thailand over the weekend, we will not hear that Aaron is still in Thailand. He will be back and standing right before you, maybe a couple of weeks to come. So, we will continue to pray for that. And, you know, sometimes it, it troubles us. It hinders our plans. It, it, it causes us to ask, why is it that when my passion is so great for God, and I have really made a resolution to come, to come up and say, Lord, use my life. But then, unwellness strikes that hinders what we, ha- we are planning. Hinders our program. I know a pastor when I was in Africa who was very busy doing the ministry of the Lord. A period of three years when he worked, uh, he works with me. We were doing church planting. While we were working, after three years, we have 120 adults. Just adults. 
from 18 above, okay? Three years. Very hardworking guy, very influential. But the problem is he is not so healthy. He always gets sick. And I said, why, why are you having all of this uh, sickness? Why are you always, uh, why are you so unwell often? He says, I don't know. I said, what about the food you eat? You know, your lifestyle. He says, probably that's the cause. Because, you know, I just love to eat. I like to eat. You know, because I don't have vices. You know, I'm a pastor. I don't drink. I don't go to bars. Well, he was a bad man before, you know. Before he was converted. So he, he is used of going to the bars, you know, drink. And, you know, have a good time there with the girls. Like that. But when he became, a, uh, when, when, he, when he got to know the Lord and was converted, he studied in the Bible school, he became a good pastor. And he, 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 had, he was gifted with a, a leadership potential. That after three years, we managed to put up a church with 120 adults. So I told him, I warned him, I said, you know, you know the devil is eyeing you right now. If he cannot attack you, if, if he cannot defeat you spiritually, he will definitely attack you physically. And what will you do? You can be so spiritual, right? You can be so spiritual. You can have, you can execute all of these plans. You can be so smart in making plans and putting up goals and accomplishments that you want to do in the church. But yet, you get sick. You become unwell. You have that sickness. All of a sudden, your blood pressure goes up. Then you cannot breathe. What will you do? What will your spirituality matter? How will that help you? We need to understand that we are living in this world with its own natural law. And we need to understand and we need, we need to, uh, we need to think what is God's purpose? Why even if he saves us, he wants us to stay in this world with all of these limitations and sufferings. With all these things that may hinder, may put pressure on our desire to consistently commit ourselves to serve the Lord. I would like all of us to open our Bible to the book of Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 to verse 27. I would like you to follow me as I read. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, 
the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is sin is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. It is well. The the topic is an irony of every unfavorable circumstance and unwellness in your life. Yes, we are suffering. Okay. Yes, we are subject to the laws of nature. Yes, we are subject to frustration. Yes, we are subject to band-aids. We are subject to corruption. But we can still say, it is well. The author of that song, It Is Well With My Soul, had experienced a terrible, terrible event or circumstance in his life. He lost his family. Why did he lose his family? That is because of the law of nature. I think the family was on the boat, right? And the boat sank because of that very strong storm that hit the boat. Yes. But then it is in that dire situation, and it's in that terrible situation, the worst of situation that he managed to create the song. It is well with my soul. And you know, we always saying that in times of troubles, I find inspiration in that song. One time I had a terrible sickness. I almost died. And I find inspiration in that song. Because of that experience. What an irony. God put us in this world. He knows that we are going to suffer. But we can still manage to say it is will. We suffer because number one, okay, number one, if you want to take a note. We suffer because number one, we don't have the freedom. By we don't have a freedom, I mean physical freedom, not the spiritual freedom. Because obviously we are already free. The truth has set us free. Right? Who is the truth? Jesus. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What I'm talking about is, we do not have the freedom. We are still in bondage. That is a physical freedom. Why are we in bondage? Because according to verse 1 to verse 21, the whole creation is being placed into bondage, being placed into corruption. Why is that? Because of sin. You remember that in the beginning, when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, God cursed that creation. And he knows that we will suffer with it. But then there is a good thing. There is a good thing in it. There is a good thing in being in bondage. 
to suffering. This is a good thing. Even if we realize that we do not have a physical freedom, we are always limited. We will become unwilled. We are subject to the laws of nature. The nature is not right. We don't feel right, right? Nature is unwell. We feel unwell. That is the situation. But there is a good thing in it. There is a good thing when we realize that we do not have physical freedom in everything. Because when we realize that, we will value more the spiritual freedom, which is the true freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. That is why we still could sing, it is well with my soul. Paul says, I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation with an eager expectation from the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration. See that? Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. There is a purpose why God puts nature into suffering. God puts nature into corruption so that we will value hope better. We will not expect upon the things of this world. One of the causes why believers grow cold is because they put too much trust on the things of this world. And when they lost these things, they will never, they don't know anymore how to run their lives. Many of them will commit suicide. Many of them will, will end their lives because they put too much value on the things of this world which are passing, which, which will eventually get corrupted. The things that they value are the things that causes them. Okay? That causes them to suffer. Cell phones lately, right? Everyone has cell phones. Who doesn't have cell phones nowadays? Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> okay, who doesn't have cell phones? Everybody has cell phones, right? And who is not attached with cell phones? Would you be honest to say I'm not attached with my cell phone? Huh? You are? We spend so much time with cell phones, right? Most of the youth this time can no longer live without cell phones, without smartphones. Too attached. They enjoy it. They put their lives in it. They laugh what looking at the cell phones. Uh, they enjoy, okay? They get sad, you know? All of their feelings, all their attention is poured out into this one small Rectangular, rectangular thing. After closing it, they are still sad, right? When the cell phone breaks, they get more sad, right? They want to, they want to buy another cell phone. And the more they use it, the more they get sick. Not only spiritually, physically. Because it destroys the eyes. It destroys the body. Youngsters nowadays play games in a cell phone. Huh? And they forget to eat. 
It causes them sickness. Because they depend their lives on what they think to be power. On what they think to be the means of happiness. Means of their enjoyment. Something that will give them what they desire. Something that will meet their needs for now. But then these needs will just be proven to be destroyed. What they want to get will just prove to be fatal. Something that will not cause them to to improve. Something that will not cause them to succeed. Something that will cause them to fear, to fail. Something that will give them sickness. Not only in the mind, but also in the body. We do not have the freedom. We are under bondage of corruption. Because this is a world that is sin-free. That is not sin-free. We are only saved from the penalty of sin. But we are not yet saved from the presence of sin. Maybe we are saved from the control of sin. Because sometimes you know, we cannot control the earth of our old nature. But there is one, one aspect. Of bondage that we can never be free. Until the Lord will come. And declare us to be free. Away from the presence. Of the corruption of this world. You know what that day is? That will be the rapture. When the Lord takes us away. If we are still alive. Your body will be changed. That is the time of the declaration of the children of God. That's what they said in verse, uh, verse 9. And the creation awaits eager, waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Or for the sons of God to be declared free. To be declared free from the corruption of the world. So, even if we are in these bandages, we can still say it is well. Verse 22 to verse uh, uh, 25, when we say, it is well, okay? Because we know that we cannot see ahead. We cannot see. We do not have the foresight. We do not have the freedom, that's number one. Number two, we do not have the foresight. Foresight means to see in advance what will happen. Because if we know if we could see what will happen next in the physical realm, okay, we could never get sick, right? And if we have that, then we don't have to walk by faith. So the irony of not foreseeing, not being able to foresee what will happen next, no matter how careful we are with our lifestyle, with our body, but that inability to foresee Okay, what will happen next to our physical life? If we we have that, then we don't have to walk by faith. The irony is, God puts a limit on our foresight. Okay, God puts a limit on our foresight so that we can depend on Him. That we should walk by faith and not by sight. Well, I know. There are there are always principles and rules of a healthy life, right? How many of us are you know 
How many of us are following the rules of healthy life? Okay? Eat the right food. Number one, right? Sleep at least eight hours a day. Okay? What else? Exercise. Go for exercise because we don't get young. We're not getting any younger, right? Go for exercise. Well, I stopped exercising for like six months now. And I'm really suffering. I'm weaker. Okay? Uh, what else? What are the rules of healthy life? Huh? Be happy. <laughs> Alright? Enjoy. Take time to enjoy. Right? Take time. Don't be too serious, right? That's partly psychological, right? In the mind. Not something that you, you, you will not do with your body, okay? It's just the, that, that happy heart, right? A merry heart, do it good like a medicine, right? That's what, that's what the wise uh, man, the wise king said, right? Okay? Live a happy life. What else? Oh, take a rest. Do not overwork, okay? Do not overwork. We know all of these principles, right? But are we perfect? Are we healthy? <laughs> right? There are things that will just happen that we do not know. Okay, I was walking today, coming here. I wanted to come early because I wanted to know the arrangement of the service. I want to practice with the worship team, the music team. Then all of a sudden the heavy rain came and I have this small umbrella. Okay, so from here to here is wet. Okay, when I came wet, then Mom Salvina says, Oh, you're so wet, what will happen now? What will you do now? I said, Then let, let me just wear my pants, which is wet. It will dry later, you know, air conditioner, very good at drying, uh, drying uh, wet clothes. Alright, yeah, it's dry now, actually. When I came, it was totally wet, okay, because of the rain. And she was very worried, okay? She was very worried. She says, you know, you can't get sick with, what was that, pneumonia? <laughs> Whoa. Of all the sickness you could mention, you could choose, you mentioned pneumonia to me. I am obeying. I try myself to obey all of these rules and principles of a healthy life. I sleep at least eight hours, sometimes six hours, you know. With my age, only six hours. Okay, I walk, I eat food, dried food, I take vitamins. But then when I walk in, when, when I'm coming here, the rain came. I could not see the rain. So then I may get sick. In spite of me watching my lifestyle, limiting myself, you know, depraving myself. I don't want to get that. I don't want to eat that, you know. I don't want to eat too much fat. But then all of a sudden the rain came on me. I get sick. I could not foresee the rain. But I have to come. Right? We cannot see. There is something unknown after us. There is something unknown there that we only need to venture without seeing it. And that is faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So then, we could still see it is well, even if we did not see the circumstance. Have we ever seen the circumstance that this will happen to Pastor Aaron? Never did. 
We do not even know the cause. I mean, you know, the doctors are studying right now. There are still many, many tests to be done. What really causes this bleeding inside? That's a lot of work to do. We could not see that. It can, I don't know if they can see it. They will find out. We just hope and pray. One of my prayers when I pray for the sick, when I pray for the unwell, is for God to give wisdom to the doctor. So that they will find out and find the appropriate medicine. I wish I had that power before. When the apostle could just lay hand and say, in the name of Jesus, you rise up and walk. We don't have that. We can only trust God. We can still pray that way. But we still have to depend totally on the will of God. There was a time that Paul was just healing everyone. But there was a time that even his closest friend, even his closest companion called Epaphras, he could no longer heal him. He was just praying for him. That time, the Lord tells him, you need to walk by faith and not by sight. So we could still see it is will. I would like to read the second part from verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for that adoption, for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen, look at that, is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he has already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, or we do not yet see, we, we wait for it. Patient. So it is okay if you cannot foresee the circumstance. You, we can walk by faith anyway. Because if we can see it, we do not need faith. We do not need to walk with God anymore. Number three, we are unwell because we do not know. What was the first one? We are unwell because we, we do not have freedom. Number two, we are unwell because we cannot see. We cannot foresee. Number three, we, we, can be, we are unwell because we do not know. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I don't know if if you believe this, but to me, infirmities, my unwellness is a form of God's Revelation. Something wants to show me. Out of weaknesses. 
out of my physical infirmities. Remember when Paul prays? He has this thorn in the flesh, right? Remember that? Huh? He says, I asked the Lord three times that he will remove the thorn. And you know, you know this word, ask? I pleaded. It is the same uh, Greek word with, uh, with, you know, with the time when Jesus asked the Father to, to let the, the cup pass. You know what happened that time when he was pleading the Father, Lord, Father, if, 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 if you may let this cup pass on me and you know, you know, that situation, that feeling is so hard that he was sweating with blood. Okay? That same Greek word, asking the Father, in the case of Paul, to remove that thorn in the flesh. But what is the Lord's answer? What is God's answer? The Lord's answer is neither yes, neither no. Many people say, God said, no, the Lord answered no. But I don't agree with that. Did the Lord say, no, I will not remove that sickness from you? That's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to, you read carefully. Because there is some kind of a theological, you know, theological uh, disagreements about it. Most of the preachers will say, you know, well, the Lord said no. But did he really say no? Huh? Can you check? Can you check it again? Did he say no? Huh? Did he say yes? Neither. Right? And we must be careful in putting some implications in it. Because what actually killed Paul is martyrdom, not that sickness. Right? Do you realize that? Huh? He died as a martyr, not because he was sick. If you, if you look at his, his personal story at the end of his missionary, he was perfectly fit. And he had a lot of money, actually. Don't you realize that? He did not die of sickness. So I would not say the answer was no, or he would have died because of the thorn in the flesh. So I would like to contest that theology now, okay? <laughs> Alright, now you don't have to agree with me, okay? But Paul died in a perfect physical, you know, physical situation. Good physical situation. And even good material situation. Because he told the, he told the Philippian brethren, he says, I have enough now. I have so much. I do not need anything. I thank you anyway because you have supplied my needs. Right? What killed him is martyrdom, not sickness actually. Right? But, but suffering is a way that God can reveal something out of you. And that is to trust in his grace. That is why later Paul says, I would therefore rejoice in my infirmities and in my suffering. Because God is speaking through it. Telling him that when I am weak, I am strong. You know why you get strong? In spite of the suffering? Well, the answer is in the verse. Because the Spirit is praying with you. There is something that the Spirit can do. Even in our physical realms. In our physical needs. Oftentimes we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And we only think that He intercedes in our spiritual needs. That is very untrue. 
He is a spirit, but remember that he lives in your body. He lives in that temple which is physical. That's why when you feel it, he feels it. You, when you groan, he groans. When you suffer the pain, he will suffer the pain with you. When you pray, because you do not know what is the cause of your sickness, he knows what you need. And he wants to reveal it to you. No wonder why the following verses says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Do you realize that? What is the verse before that? It is the groaning that we have. And the intercession and the part of the Holy Spirit. Praying with us and for us. Feeling the same feeling that we have. And giving us a revelation. Something that you will never see. You will never know. You will never understand. We do not know how to pray. But the Spirit will give us the revelation. And that revelation becomes a source of our strength. And continuation to serve the Lord. That is why we can't say it is well. If we know, then we will not trust anymore. Paul suffers that thorn in the flesh when he abounded with revelation. Do you remember that? Huh? He abounded with revelation. All the knowledge that he had to know. Even there are things that he says, I don't have, I cannot write. Probably things beyond our understanding. He didn't have to write it. But then he said, to control me, right? to control me, with this too much knowledge that I have, huh? I am given this thorn in the flesh. God has a purpose why we suffer unwellness. In that, because in that unwellness is a revelation. A revelation of his grace. An understanding that the world cannot give. An explanation that medical experts cannot give. My wife had an ectopic pregnancy. The tube has already burst for two days. You know, when it bursts, When it ruptures, it only takes four hours to survive. Four hours to survive. But then it took two days, and he was still alive. We went to check it up. And the doctor, which is the best uh, Obigaini, Obigain in, 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 in Kenya, says, I have never seen such a case in my life. You would have been dead. The moment he discovered that there was a rapture, two days rapture already, the, the blood has already clapped all over her body. He said, get this to the hospital right away. And you, you go there, told me, my husband. Do not leave your wife. Go to the hospital. I said, no, I need to go home to, to the hometown because we were in the city. And we need to go to my home. I'll get something. Don't go home. Then after that, after that 
situation, we came back to the doctor and says, you are a miracle woman. The doctor is not even a Christian. The doctors are Hindu because the best doctors in Kenya are Hindus, Indians. He's not even a Hindu. He's not even a Christian. He says, you are a miracle woman. There is somebody that is taking care of you more than what I can do. There is that God there. That's when he realizes a miracle. And you know what? When, when it happened that it is his time to get a sickness, he called us in return and says, Can you, could you come and pray? Pray for me. Because I have seen a miracle in you. Maybe you can help me. He had a cancer. He's a doctor, but he has a cancer, right? Whatever happened to all of his knowledge, you know, to prevent cancer. He says, I need a miracle. I said, do you believe in prayer? He says, I can believe everything now with my situation. Okay, then we pray. We hope and pray. But there was a revelation. The reason why he called us to come and pray for him was because there was a revelation of the sickness, that incident that happened to my wife. He got to see somebody working behind that. That is why we can always say, it is well with my soul. One thing I would like to mention is that you cannot separate spiritual with physical battle. Okay? When Satan attacks your health, that is because he wants to demoralize you. He wants your spiritual life not to function, not to be well. Because you can never really separate spiritual and material. But when he attacks us spiritually, we always have a refuge to go and say the bigger reason why we are suffering. Until could say, okay, just attack. Give your best shot. It is well with my soul. I am kept by the power of God. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Is it sickness? Is it famine? Give your best shot, devil. I don't know what will happen to my life. Give your best shot. I don't have to walk by sight. I don't have to walk by knowledge. My knowledge is limited. I don't have the freedom to avoid whatever happened to my life. I'm under subjection to the laws of nature. You can use everything you want. But I can always say, it is well with my soul. All things work together for good to them that love God. And to them who are that called according to his purpose. May the Lord bless you.